Welcome to the Cover Crop Strategies Podcast. I'm Sarah Hill, Associate Editor. This episode of the Cover Crop Strategies Podcast Series is brought to you by GS3 Quality Seed, the distributor of high-quality, trusted cover crop seed brands like Nitro Radish, KB Annual Ryegrass, Super B Facelia, and TNT Vetch. You can learn more about these cover crops and numerous other species at tiltpro.com, as well as find the seed dealer nearest you. That's tiltpro.com. Today, I'd like to introduce Matt Helmers, director of the Iowa Nutrient Research Center at Iowa State University. Matt will be discussing cover crops and nitrate nitrogen loss. Welcome to the podcast, Matt. Uh, Thank you, Sarah. Happy to be here. To get us started, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm a faculty member in our Department of Ag and Biosystems Engineering, as well as the director of the Nutrient Research Center. Um, And uh, I've been at Iowa State since uh, 2003, so coming up on my 18th anniversary of of being at Iowa State. I'm also a, a native Iowan. I grew up in the north west corner of Iowa in Sibley, uh, an Iowa State grad, and, and, um, but was more in the civil engineering area, both for my uh, undergraduate and my MS, and then um, came back actually to University of Nebraska and uh, got my PhD in, in ag engineering. So kind of found my way back, back to agriculture, uh, family uh, still farms up in, um, up in the Sibley area. Fantastic. Well, let's go ahead and get started talking about today's topic. Uh, How does planting cover crops after manure application affect nitrate nitrogen concentrations? Yeah, that's a good question. And we've had a a study going on up at our Northeast Research Farm uh, for a number of years now. And and we've had one of our field ag engineers now, Brian Doherty, that I think was on the podcast, uh, did some of this work as as part of his MS degree. And this work was uh, in part funded by the Iowa Pork Producers Association. And so really wanted to look at how cover crops could be integrated with liquid swine manure and what kind of impact that might have on on nitrate loss, especially if we were applying that manure early in the fall. And what we saw is we saw that those cover crops were quite effective in reducing nitrate uh, concentration uh, that that was leached in that that water moving below the the plant root zone where we had, uh, you know, had those cover crops. In this case, it was winter cereal rye uh, that was seeded, um, uh, drilled in shortly after uh, manure application. You know, some producers have also um, uh, flown on rye and then and then injected into that uh, with their liquid swine manure, and that work has worked fairly well, uh, also. But in our work, we we did drill it in after uh, after the manure was applied. So. A, a different take on that same question, but what about the timing of planting cover crops? How does that impact those nitrate concentrations? That that's a great a great question, and and some of our work we've been doing cover crop work at a number of drainage water quality sites in Iowa, um, and then have collaborated with some others around the region. And one of the things that that we've seen or that we see is, you know, the nitrate reduction is proportional or, or in relation to how much 
um, cover crop growth we get. And so if we can get those cover crops maybe planted a little early, get a little more growth, we have the potential to have a greater impact on nitrate nitrogen uh, concentrations that we see leaving that system. So if that timing, moving it a little early helps us get a little more growth, uh, then we can can be a little more effective. Uh, example of that at a, a site in Pocahontas County, Iowa, we had drilled in the cover crops, the, the rye, uh, after corn or soybean harvest in every year for about uh, 10 years. And then in 2015, we switched to uh, interseeding that, hand seeding in this case, these are small plots, hand seeding around Labor Day. And what we saw is we did see greater growth of that cover crop, especially in the fall, uh, than we did when we had drill seeded it. And so we've seen a little bit greater uh, reduction in nitrate nitrogen concentrations as a result of that. So what is it specifically about the combination of early manure application and using cover crops that seems to work well in lowering those nitrate nitrogen rates? Yeah, I think there's a, you know, kind of a couple things there. Um, You know, one is we're getting that cover crop on where we do have that manure. You know, we have some some plant available nitrogen, so it probably helps that cover crop grow a little bit more. Uh, so one of the things we did see in 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 a, most of the years is that that cover crop grew better right over that injection uh, zone uh, because there would be a little more nitrogen there for for that plant to uptake, and so it it grew a little bit more. So I think that's that's one way that you know, we, we probably get a little more cover crop growth uh, when we have that, that manure there. Uh, so that, that can also be a benefit. One thing you might say, well, does that decrease um, crop yield? We did see in the first year, uh, you know, we saw a little, we did see a reduction in corn yield uh, where we had the, the cover crop after the early manure, but then subsequent years, we did not see that, um, you know, and I think it just, you know, farmers or producers might need to think about um, some nitrogen um, in the spring, maybe just a little starter to, to help with that with that um, corn crop getting going. But I think uh, in general, that, that manure helps that cover crop grow a little bit better, uh, take up um, that nitrogen that's in the soil, uh, keeping it um, uh, less risk of loss if we get spring rainfall events. So maybe this is a more basic question, but Talk a little bit about how cover crops work to help hold nitrogen in the soil. Yeah, I guess one way I think about it, and again, this is coming from from an ag engineer and not a not necessarily a soil fertility expert, but I think it makes some sense. Is that we have that vegetation growing, so that cover crop grows. Um, you know, to get it to grow, it's taking up water and nutrients, and so it's going to take up you know, water-soluble nutrients, that nitrate that would be in the soil profile. So as a result, we'd have less uh, soil nitrate in the system susceptible to loss if we get a leaching event. So that cover crop is is taking up the nitrate that's in the, in the soil system, um, you know, holding it in residue, uh, in biomass, uh, then would subsequently be released in the next cash crop season uh, for that for that cash crop. And we've seen it from some of our uh, monitoring, we do see in, in some of our cover crop systems, you know, lower soil nitrate levels than in companion plots where we don't have cover crops, indicating that it, you know, it's taking up some of that residual nitrate uh, that's in the soil system, 
um, keeping it uh, in biomass and reducing the risk of loss for subsequent rainfall events. In the scenario that we were talking about earlier with using manure application and cover crops to reduce those nitrate nitrogen concentrations, does it matter what cover crop species is used or is it is just any cover crop going to result in a decreased nitrate concentration? Yeah, that that's a good question. And I think, you know, we really, first off, I'll say we, we do need more research on different cover crop species um, and in different locations to see kind of what, what grows. Our work you know, specifically with the swine manure has been with, with winter cereal rye. I do think the grasses, winter cereal rye, uh, maybe wheat, winter wheat um, are attractive because they overwinter. And so we're gonna get growth both in the fall and the spring. Um, we've done some work with oats. They can, this wasn't with manure, but they can be effective as well. But there's been some work that they might be about half as effective as winter cereal rye uh, in reducing nitrate concentrations. And, and uh, one reason is because those oats do winter kill. Now, if we think about some of maybe our legumes or brassicas, uh, some of those, many of those will not overwinter. Uh, some of them, them would. Uh, so I think that, you know, as we think about it, um, you know, how much growth we get uh, is is critical. And, you know, some of those grasses are, are pretty good at at getting growth under, you know, maybe not the most optimal conditions and they they uh, grow into the next spring. Um, you know, we've we've done some work with the Iowa Learning Farms where we've looked at some um, brassicas, radishes, um, and then legume hairy vetch and also rapeseed was in the mix. And those were seeded uh, earlier than Labor Day, interseeded into the crop. And we ended up, most of the growth ended up being the grass that was in the mix rather than the, the brassica or the hairy vetch or um, so forth. So, um, you know, I think there's potential for, you know, mixes of cover crops, um, but it is going to depend on, you know, how early we can get them seeded, uh, get that germination and get growth. Um, there's just more research on nitrate leaching under uh, the cereal um, or the grasses like rye uh, or oats than there is on some of the, the mixes. And I think some, again, a lot of it's going to come down to how much growth do we get? Well, that was actually going to be my next question is talking about, uh, you know, is a single species of cover crop or a mix a better choice if a grower has the goal of yep. holding nitrogen in the soil with cover crops. Yeah, that's that's a good question and and uh you know others might have some additional information uh that that might be perhaps different than what we do but you know what we found is that those those single species of in the the learning farm study the rye or the oats really were, were the most effective in getting us nitrate reduction um, because we'd, we'd end up getting the most growth from those. Um, now, there would be other reasons why we you might want to cover crop and some of the other species might help with that. You know, legume, if we could get growth, would fix some nitrogen uh, that might be available to the next cash crop season. You know, having a diversity of species might also help us with you know, different root structures in the system that might ultimately help us with soil structure, just kind of thinking aloud at, at some of those things. So there would be other reasons why we might grow 
uh, a mixture of cover crops, but I do think some of our our um, grasses, um, uh, cereal cereal uh, crops may be very effective for for nitrate reduction. With your research, do you think that that result could be repeated in different geographies or do you think that that's very specific to a certain soil type or just to Iowa? Yeah, that great question. And so we, you know, that the study, the learning farm one was done at six sites throughout Iowa, three kind of in the in the more northern uh, part of the state, three in the southern part of the state, you know, relatively similar, although there are a couple of years where some of the mixtures um, perform pretty well uh, down in southern Iowa. So I do think that it, you know, it's going to be dependent upon uh, where we are and what type of growing conditions we have. I think if we are in uh, some states that have longer falls and winter periods when things can continue growing, uh, some of the 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 mixes may perform really well or even better than a, than a single species. Um, so I do think it it's going to depend, and that's why there's I think there's still a really large need for research. Um, on cover crops and mixes and understanding how they um, how they grow in different geographies and how they perform because you know, we can think about some of the legumes maybe we can get enough fall growth in area in areas uh, to really fix nitrogen that helps us with the um, subsequent cash crop in the next year specifically corn in the next year because that's where we'd be applying nitrogen. So now as a result of using cover crops to hold nitrogen what is the long-term result in terms of water quality? That, good, good question. I think if we continue to use cover crops, uh, you know, we'll continue to see water quality benefits. Um, you know, I think, you know, there would be a question if we say we were to cease using cover crops, we're not going to see the benefits continue. I don't think we're going to see a, a huge pulse of nitrate come out, but we're probably not going to see, uh, you know, the continued benefits. So you know, I, I think that we need to be thinking about how we make sure that cover crops continue on sites, um, you know, into the long term. Uh, because I think that's, you know, we, we need that year to year growth to hold that nitrogen, um, you know, one thing to remember, we have a lot of organic nitrogen in our soil systems. And so, you know, those cover crops may be putting a little bit more organic nitrogen back into, into that pool for cycling, uh, but it's probably a small fraction of the overall organic nitrogen, nitrogen pool. But I just think it is important to remember we need to continue to do cover crops into the future uh, to, to continue to get those water quality benefits. We'll be right back to the podcast, but first I want to thank our sponsor, GS3 Quality Seed, the distributor of high quality, trusted cover crop seed brands like Nitro Radish, KB Annual Ryegrass, Super B Facelia, and TNT Vetch. You can learn more about these cover crops and numerous other species at tiltpro.com, as well as find the seed dealer nearest you. That's tiltpro.com. And now back to the podcast. So now after a drought, what is it about cover crops that make them very effective at reducing nitrate, nitrogen loss after those really dry conditions? Yeah, yeah great question and certainly timely. Uh, we talked a little bit about this in, in some things we did last summer, and I think it's definitely just as timely this summer. So, you know, when we have dry conditions, 
Um, you know, we may see a reduction in, in uh, cash crop growth. Um, and so we may not use as much of the nitrogen that would have that was applied. Um, and so as a result, we may see high residual soil nitrate levels. And so if we can get a cover crop planted and germinated and growing, we can take up some of that residual nitrate that's in the profile to reduce that susceptibility to loss when we get uh, pre excess precipitation events that, that leach, um, leach water and nitrate out of the profile. Now, there is a caveat on that. You know, we need to, we need to have some timely rain to get that cover crop growing. Because if we don't have, you know, if we just have dry conditions and can't get germination and can't get growth, we can't uh, take up nitrate. But, uh, you know, example, in the fall of 2012, um, we, we were able to get cover crop growing at, at our drainage water quality research sites. And for some that, that may remember in Iowa, that was a pretty dry summer. And uh, we saw that that spring nitrate um, concentration in our leaching, it rose to from about 15 to 20 where we didn't have cover crops. And it stayed down at about 12 where we did have cover crops. So, you know, we had a spike uh, in nitrate concentration in the spring of 2013 from those cropping systems that didn't have cover crop. We saw no, we did not see that, you know, spike like that where we had cover crops. So we, they were quite effective in reducing uh, that, that pulse of nitrate uh, that came out when we had uh, spring precipitation in 2013. So now I know earlier we talked about the timing of when cover crops are planted, but kind of taking that the next step further, does it make a difference if cover crops are planted and established in the fall or if they are planted with the intention that they will establish in the spring or even like frost seeded? Yeah. Uh, does that make a difference on nitrate? <clears throat> nitrogen concentrations? You know, I have to say we don't have any uh, direct research results on this where we've, you know, specifically looked at the water quality impact of that. But I would go back to kind of thinking about some of the, the literature reviews that have been done and, and a little bit of what we've seen on some of our sites that you know, we see nitrate reduction greater when we get greater growth. So if, you know, if that fall planted uh, cover crop gets some greater growth in the fall and then is ready to take off earlier in the spring um, and get greater growth than if it was frost seeded or, or you know, didn't germinate in the fall. You know, I think we would expect to see greater nitrate reduction, um, you know, from that fall planted that, that gets some growth and then is growing in the spring. Uh, so I think a lot of it does come back to, to the growth that we have. Um, you know, we've, a lot of the work that I've talked about as we've talked today has been from, you know, smaller plot level studies. We also have a small watershed study where we've, where we've implemented cover crops and through three years, we've not seen much reduction at the watershed scale uh, in night in reducing nitrate concentration. And I think, you know, there are probably a few factors to that. Not all of the land is being treated by cover crops. We have about 50 to 60%, but then there have been a number of years where we've got fairly limited cover crop growth in, in those fields. Um, kind of for a variety of factors, you know, weather uh, being one of them, you know, maybe not getting it seeded, although they've, they've been able to seed it pretty early, but we just have not had the best weather conditions to kind of optimize or maximize, um, you know, cover crop growth. So I think a lot of it does back 
does come back to how can we give ourselves the best chance of getting good cover crop growth? If we get good cover crop growth, we have a greater potential to reduce nitrate uh, leaching uh, when we get water movement through the soil profile. That leads me right into my next question. So as you talked about, a lot of growers this year have been dealing with drought. There are also some uh, who have had too much water and maybe some flooding type situations. Can growers still use cover crops effectively to tie up that nitrogen, even if there's an excess of moisture in the soil? Yeah, I, I believe they, they can. Um, and as long as they can get out there to get them seeded. So, you know, um, I guess it is one thing you could fly them on. Uh, but no, I think, you know, I think that they can work well, uh, even in those situations where we have, you know, some excess moisture um, and we're probably going to get, uh, you know, some good growth and transpiration of that that cover crop that can hopefully, you know, take up a little bit of that water, but also take up any nitrogen um, any residual nitrate that might be in the profile. Okay. So now on, on the drier side of the yeah. spectrum, if growers are experiencing that drought, how do they make sure that they have enough moisture to get that adequate cover crop establishment uh, that we've been talking about to then result yep. in more nitrate uh, reduction? Yeah, boy, that's a, a great question. And not, uh, you know, unfortunately, this is one where it's, I think it's going to be dependent upon Mother Nature to a certain extent is that, um, you know, because unless you have some irrigation, uh, you're probably not going to have the ability to apply water. So you really got to kind of keep an eye out for, um, you know, when when do I have a little moisture? When is there a period where maybe there's some forecast of rain that I could get get that cover crop out there and get some early germination and growth? So, you know, I I do think keeping an eye on on what the weather conditions are and if if it's so dry that there's not going to be germination, it's probably better to wait until you get a little moisture uh, to try to get um, you know a little germination of that. So that one is. You know, I wish I had. I wish I had a um, a good answer for that one, but I think it really does depend on a kind of keeping an eye out for for what the precipitation um, forecast looks like. So now, have you seen in in any of your research uh, the effectiveness of cover crops holding nitrogen in conventional systems versus organic systems? Yeah, my all of our all of my research has been in conventional, but I would expect that it could perform very well in organic systems as well. Um, so I think that you know, again, we're um, you know we want to have some living vegetation, living roots out there, a greater percentage of the year, whether it's conventional or organic. If we have those living roots out there, we have the potential to reduce um, the risk of nitrate loss. Okay, so let's kind of shift gears here and talk a little bit about nitrogen cycling. How does disturbing the soil affect the nitrogen cycle? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one uh, certainly as, you know, as we till that soil, we may uh, help with the mineralization of, of some of the, the nitrogen uh, in, that, in that system, um, which then, you know, may be available for, for that that cash crop, um, you know, also maybe um, uh, 
sending off some some carbon in that as well. So, and also when we do that soil disturbance, um, you know, we may dry and warm up that soil, which may help with with the nitrogen cycling as well a little bit. And so, you know, that's probably in in some areas we see some benefits of tillage um, before corn. You know, in the in the kind of heavy wet soils of north central Iowa. There's certainly research um, that we see some benefits of, of tillage before that corn crop. And we're probably you know, impacting the nitrogen cycle a little bit, impacting the, the temperature and so temperature and moisture of that soil a little bit that that helps with early early crop development. But certainly over time, you know, our no-till systems can perform very well um, in producing good corn yields. We may just have a little bit longer time to to kind of get through some of those first year hurdles or first few year hurdles with with no-till. So then on the other side of the coin, if cover crops are not used and the soil is left bare, how does that affect nitrogen cycling? Yeah, that's a, a, another good question. And also we could think about this if we were to take some residue off of there. But you know, if the soil is bare, um, you know, without cover crops, we don't have anything growing out there. You know, we don't have any living roots, anything to take up that, you know, that, that nitrate or water uh, that we might have during those times of year. And so it's very susceptible uh, to, to leaching losses. I should also say, we haven't talked about it a lot, but you know, cover crops are one of those practices that have many benefits. And one is um, reducing some of the soil loss or reducing the risk of soil loss. And so when we leave that soil bare, we also are, you know, we don't have any we have less protection on the soil surface for rain, uh, raindrop energy that might lead to erosion. And so uh, that cover crop can really help us protect that, protect that soil surface. So one hesitation growers have had about using cover crops is that it's hard to squeeze them into their crop rotation. What would be your advice on uh, squeezing cover crops into a crop rotation specifically for the purpose of fixing nitrogen. Yeah, it is. In you know, this is a very valid point that that producers bring up. You know, a lot of uh, spring and the fall period are are periods when farmers are busiest with harvest and then spring planting, and so adding that cover crop in there uh, is is a challenge. You know, and that's why I do think, especially if we're going to think about fixing nitrogen, you know, it's going to come to some of those legumes and we need to really try to get as much growth as possible. And so that may be uh, trying to get that that cover crop seeded uh, earlier in the year before, you know, before harvest, for example. And I know some people, you know, are looking at, we have some research um, uh Dan Anderson and uh, Brian Doherty are looking at some research in Northeast Iowa now of, of interseeding, you know, they, they seeded cover crops, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. Um, and so, and a whole mixture of cover crops. And so I think that, you know, we need to be looking at how do we get that cover crop seeded, germinated and growing earlier um, to try to get as much growth as possible. And also that, we may be able to seed it at a, at a time period that farmers are not quite as busy and, uh, you know, strapped for time as we would be in the fall of the year when we're trying to get harvest done. For sure. So kind of looking at the economics side of cover crop use, 
Talk a little bit about how using cover crops for fixing nitrogen, how does that result then in reducing a grower's fertilizer costs? And that's again an area where I think that there's a real need for, for research. You know, in our in our studies where we're using the the cereal rye, um, you know, we've not seen any any ability to reduce nitrogen inputs, but I do think there, you know, there is at least um some potential uh, when we're using something like a legume. Um, and I think it, what will be critical for the farmer is to, you know, they may need to, to look at this over time and kind of evaluate their nitrogen program, maybe even doing some strip trials to see, you know, can I apply a little bit less? Am I, would I still get the same crop yield? So I do think it's, you know, it's, farmers probably want to be, um, you know, trying this out a little bit, um, not, maybe not changing the nitrogen application rate on a full field the, the first year, but really trying to, to look at it and how they make changes uh, slowly over time so that they feel comfortable that they're getting some of that nitrogen from, from some of those uh, uh, cover crops that they maybe um, have, have planted and seen grow, grown. And then maybe they can get a feel over time that, okay, I got good growth this year. I may have more uh, nitrogen coming from that cover crop. How then do cover crops release that nitrogen back into the soil so that a cash crop can use it? Yeah, and so that's kind of where we're back to, you know, a little bit of the nitrogen cycling in the system uh, that we get, you know, conversion from from a um, or maybe an organic nitrogen form into into the nitrate uh, form uh, through the nitrogen cycle that then uh, would be more available for plant uptake. So where can our listeners go for more information about cover crops and nitrate uh, reduction? Yeah, yeah, good, good question. So um, I guess one, one place would be uh, we have a number of, of webinars and so forth on the Iowa Learning Farms website that are, that are archived. Uh, there are sources from the ISU Extension and Outreach. Uh, just put a little plug in. We have a whole uh, conservation, a whole farm conservation uh, practices manual that kind of walks through uh, thinking about cover crops and gives some good decision trees about um, how farmers might be able to implement cover crops and, and thinking about maybe for some from first time users. That's a really nice kind of um, about 60 page publication that's available for free download at the ISU Extension and Outreach uh, publication uh, store. So I'd encourage uh, listeners to go look for that. Um, Midwest Cover Crop Council is also a great resource for cover crop related items. And, and in Iowa, Practical Farmers of Iowa is another a great resource out there. But, um, you know, one thing I guess put a plug in for um, ISU extension and outreach and really extension um, services uh, throughout the Midwest where we have, where there are um, technical resources that uh, folks that have experience with cover crops or, or can help you get some of the resources you might need. Great. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for joining us, Matt. Oh, thank you for the opportunity. Once again, I want to thank our sponsor, GS3 Quality Seed, the distributor of high-quality, trusted cover crop seed brands. You can learn more about these cover crops and numerous other species at tiltpro.com, as well as find the seed dealer nearest you. For more information about all things cover crops, visit us online at covercropstrategies.com.